This is Dave Graff from Compass Commercial, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of The Real Talk Podcast. Thank you very much for our loyal rest listeners. I'm sorry for the little hiatus. We are now recording in HD, 1040, 4K, 5K, just crystal clear audio quality podcasting. This is now professional podcasting. 4K, 5K. This is professional. 1620 by 1080 pixels. High quality, full quality audio. Just the gold standard in audio podcasting. So uh, after a little couple minutes of technical difficulties, we are now back and running. And uh, had some equipment issues, getting it delivered. I think that maybe the pandemic, some of these things are, you know, getting imported from pandemic, overseas. The it's the pandemic. So it's an easy excuse for everything. It's an easy excuse for everything. You don't want to show an apartment? Sorry, man, it's the pandemic. pandemic <laughs> you, you, know, you have a broker calling you to not show a right. listing? It's, it's like not on me. It's not me. It's the building, it's I swear. Yeah, it's the pandemic. <laughs> it's the pandemic. How you been, man? Uh, been good, man. I've been in the city the entire time. Never left. Good, good. Through all the the craziness and whatever. So. Yeah, you saw that uh, naked guy in front of our office. He posted a picture of it. That was pretty there funny. There was a naked man in front of the office when I walked out. <laughs> Literally know? on Fifth Avenue and Seventeenth Street and in the broad daylight. He had his shoes on. So <laughs> the essentials. He put his shoes on. He just forgot the rest of it. He had the essentials, but and he... I've seen him other times. I saw him in a diaper. Is not that like right? A, not like it depends. Like an actual kid's diaper. I mean, on 9th Street, and he, I was like in the looking in the rearview mirror. I'm like, that's the guy. He's kind of a neighborhood but staple. He's yeah, he's a neighborhood staple. I, guess. I haven't seen him in a, in a while, but I, I remember I posted that, and then I think Levy Meyer got back to me quick. Was like, dude, you got to take that down. Whoa, we're going uh, public. You can't I, have. That. I'm surprised that Levy would say that out of all people. He, listen, he did it, at, you know, out of respect, and he was like, listen, Dave, don't go down. That it, road. It, it's something that soon. someone from corporate or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. quote unquote, management. Would want to, you know, bring down on you, but happening outside of our offices. Yeah, it, it, true. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it it's right it's raw there. in New York. Put it, it that was way. Right there. You know, you you and some guy, right? So I'm crossing. You know, this is everyone's got the masks on, but you can, you know, you can tell with people's eyes how they're feeling. And I'm looking at this dude, and he's looking at me, and we just high fived each other. Because you know, we were both looking at the dude, and we just knew like we were laughing underneath our masks. Yeah, man, hey, you get it. Total strangers high fived each other and just kept walking. <laughs> you get it. It's it's uh, living in New York. It's yeah. kind of like that account. You ever New follow York that uh, Instagram Instagram account, New York Nico? So I'm he's, not a big Instagram, but he's like a raw New Yorker. He yeah. he shows it how it is. It's not necessarily. He doesn't show the, the greatness. Belly. He shows exactly. Yeah, it's like the soft white on the bottom. It ain't not. It ain't not. Especially during the pandemic. Well, so for those listening, let me just uh, give me a minute to just introduce you. You know, you are uh, the first commercial agent at Compass. Back when we were in uh, the, only the third floor, were you here in Union Square West I was as well? On the third floor of ninety fifth. I okay, wasn't here in, for Union Square that's West. That's right. You came. There was still a Union Square West office when I joined. That's right. You were one of the only leasing or commercial agents over at Corcoran when you came over, right? Correct. And there was kind of an uproar from their end on, on when you left. It's what? Why are you leaving? Allegedly pilfered. Right. Why are you leaving us? I'm sure the CEOs and the management were upset. But anyway, any event, Dave Graff joined us really early uh, in, in in a stage where Compass really wasn't where we were today. We were uh, still, or was it Urban Compass? It was or, Urban Compass. Yeah, and we didn't have you know the agents that we had now. We obviously clearly didn't have the money or the offices or the exposure nas- on a national level that we have now. And Dave took a big jump to join a small firm with just maybe, maybe probably under 500 agents at the time. Not even. Maybe less, what, 200 agents? I think. I talked to someone recently who said they were like agent 125, and I was like, I was here before. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Uh, it, and we you left a, a company. I mean, you left a company with thousands of agents that were probably giving you referrals and leads on commercial deals to a company. It's a very small company that didn't even have co-stars. So, I, you know, I just, I just find that really interesting. Uh, what's for dinner at NYC? What are, all right, so uh, Thursday night I'm going to Ben and Jack's. Which ben and Jack's is still open. That's good news. Which uh, one in Midtown? Uh, 44th Street. 44th Street, yes. So yeah. We've been going there for 20 years. Everybody knows. it's. Everybody knows uh, you. So ben and Jack's was on New York Post. Remember, they were very infamous for yeah. creating that crazy outdoor yeah. space that people so had to walk through. My whole thing was that I go to a restaurant. I know, right, so change for me is tougher than most people. Sure, yeah. I have some OCD tendencies. Change is tough. Change is tough. So, I know when I go to Ben and Jack's, I'm going to get 
a meal that's going to taste so delicious that it's almost, T-bone and cream spinach? It's like, an, yeah, it's steak for two. We So I used to go with my best friend and his wife and their daughter. And it, we go steak for two, medium rare, cream spinach, German potatoes, extra crispy, three <laughs> slices of bacon first, and we drink like fish, martinis, <laughs> and, you know. You're vodka martini guy? Yeah, I do goose on the rocks. Goose on the rocks, I love and it. And so the other day we... You know, he said, oh, let's go to Mission Ceviche up on the upper okay. east side. Okay, I haven't been to that one yet. Right? It's loud. I can't hear myself think. I got my buddy's wife texting me from across the table. Yeah. The meal was decent, and it was really expensive. And, you know, my buddy turns to me, he's like, you should have gone to that Yeah. I was like, I told you, man. It's like trying to go to Catch. Yeah. try to someplace new, it never lives up. Some people just want the scene. Me. Some people just want the scene. I'm more, I'm, I want a great, delicious meal, and I know where to get them. And one of, sometimes when I try other things, it never lives up to, and we all sit there and go, we should have gone to Ben and Jack's. Yeah, Ben and Jack's. Yeah, okay, I feel you. What's your favorite bar? <laughs> That's an interesting question, because I don't think I even really go to bars anymore. You don't, yeah. So Drink like a fish, but me, you don't go to bars. Right, so I train jujitsu in the mornings. Yes, sir. So you can't, I mean. Can't be hungover. Can't be hungover. doesn't work. So there goes that during okay. the Okay, all right. So your favorite bar is the, is the, is the, the drinks that come from the bar at Ben and Jack's. I would probably say yeah. So when we go out drinking, we go to Ben and Jack's early. We get hammered, and we run like a five to seven thirty shift, and we call it a day. Okay. All right. Favorite activity out there during your free time? I train jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu all day. It's all Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's the lifestyle that I choose. And when I'm not training jiu-jitsu, I'm thinking about jiu-jitsu and thinking about training jiu-jitsu. Obviously, you got to hang out with Maggie too. Yeah. But yes, favorite so between the dog jiu-jitsu. jiu-jitsu and Ben and Jack's, I don't really have much time for it. Uh, give the listeners my personal life, but uh, you know. Give the listeners give the listeners one secret or tip that locals don't always give to visitors. NYC. Oh, I mean, you know, it's it's the restaurant that you love that you don't want to be too crowded. That's right. I have a there was when I lived on the Upper East Side there was this it was a place called Marazella. At the time it was twenty seats, and we loved going there. But they used to, don't tell anyone about it. Don't tell anybody about it. Like told a friend about it once. We're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't tell anyone. What are you? She's gonna show up now. Uh, well, it's good to help out the business too, though. But yeah. they ended up expanding, and of course, you know the, the, the product. Sure, sure. Got diluted yeah, a little yeah, bit, but yeah, that yeah. was, you know, there are restaurants out there that I'm not telling anybody to go to because I don't want anyone to know about them. I do just for me. Yeah. Okay. Because they don't get too crowded, then I can't go. That's, that's, that doesn't work. If you could, final question. If you could represent uh, one major client between Danny Meyer or Whole Foods. Well, which Whole would you food, choose? Man, they take big space. Oh, uh, they take more space. A, I mean, that's a no-brainer. Okay, so maybe, about, so maybe I should rephrase the question. A $2 commission or $100,000. Ah, interesting. Let me, let me rephrase the question then. If you could take a, a, a client between a uh, Corcoran or a Compass versus a um, Danny Meyer, you could have both Danny Meyer and like another star chef in, in, in the retail landscape, which would you rather work with? Uh, yeah, listen, I, I feel like Danny Meyer would be very demanding. Uh-huh. I mean, Compass and Corbin probably too. I'm sure Compass will be just as demanding too. It's, you know, for me, green is right. Yeah. Green is green. Uh huh. If it's gonna make us money, it's a great deal. We'll do it. You know, I, I nobody I think takes as much shit as real estate brokers do. Like the stuff people say to us. Everything is their fault. It's so unprofessional. I mean, they just scream and yell at you. Yeah, like, this yeah. Stuff yeah. would never fly <laughs> in any other business. Yeah. The stuff that we have to put up with. Sure, sure. You, people will be fired. Immediately, yeah. you go to HR and they'd be gone. Yeah, but yet, like we take a lot of grief. Uh huh. You know, uh-huh. the screaming and the yelling and the. So what's worth it? So what's worth it, right? Would like, you? You wouldn't. Uh, you know, if we didn't know each other, you wouldn't say that to me. Would you rather represent you know? a brokerage or would you rather represent Mario Batali and uh, Danny Meyer oh, and all this? Oh, me. Oh, all right, maybe. Oh, I'll be connected with that. <laughs> all right, let me. This, this uh, is David over. Burke and David Chang and. Uh, you know, Danny Meyer. It, it's cool to say you're working with them, but you know you're not. David Chang isn't coming, and Burke isn't coming. There's all reps and everything. Uh, you know, uh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, cool you're working for is, their right? people. You're, you're with these cool people, yeah. or celebrities, but they're not really around. It's like they have someone there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would, I would, you know, I'd love working for a brokerage because you know they're going to expand. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Changs, and those, they expand too, but they expand and they contract and they expand. Expand and contract. Yeah. But I mean, if you were working with Compass in the beginning, man. One other, one final tip. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've gone to Miami. I went to this restaurant uh, in Miami last month called KYU, Q. In Japanese, it means nine. 
Q, one of the best restaurants I've ever been to in my life. It's a Japanese Asian fusion. Uh, they're opening up in New York City, so uh-huh. maybe a lead that you should uh, check in on. Interesting. Yeah, KYU. KYU. You would love it. As far as your background is concerned, you have been a commercial agent for how long? 14 years. 14 years, okay. And, and you've, uh, you've done millions of square feet of transactions. You've done deals on uh, all over Manhattan, and you Big also deals, run a team. Deals, yeah. Rentals, and you, you run a team uh, of a few agents under you at Compass Commercial right now. Uh, just tell me, you know, how did you get into the business and, and what's, what's your actual background? So, um, I guess my actual background, let's see. I went to college and learned nothing. Okay. Right? But I had a good time. What did you study? <laughs> you know, you tell me. I don't know. You know. <laughs> Where'd you go to school? Uh, I got a BS in communications, which okay. is literally a BS. <laughs> Sorry. It's great. No, it's all good. All right, Be yourself, bro. Yeah. Any BS is BS. <laughs> That's why it's there. Um, so I did that, and then I moved to Boston. And I manage restaurants, and that oh, you'd be good at that. For a young guy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's you fun. Control alcohol, you control a whole lot of, you know, of course, everything else that surrounds it. Of which course, was the twenties in your early twenties? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What kind of restaurant? Where in Boston? Uh, so it was in Brighton. Brighton, okay. So there used to be a place called Sunset Grill and Tap. Cool. Their whole claim to fame was they had you know 150 beers on tap uh-huh. back in the day when that was like we're talking about the early nineties or yeah. mid nineties, and that yeah. was like amazing. Um, so we helped open up a couple restaurants there and then, you know, it's a grind, right? So you're, you go into work at four, you work till four in the morning because the restaurant closes at two, but everyone wants to hang out after work. The, the, the tough part of the restaurant business, you're working when everybody's playing. That's it, right? Yeah. You know, so you get a little FOMO. Your friends have to show up on the weekends or else you're not going to see your friend. Never. Um, and then I said, this is, you know, I'm just not making enough money and went back and got my MBA. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, you know. Post 9-11 happens, and I moved back to New York City because my family was in Jersey. And at the time, my sister was in Philly, and I just didn't really see them enough. Okay, so good, good. So I moved back to New York City and ended up doing consulting for the direct marketing agency. And I was, this is 07, 08. Okay. Almost recession right, right before, Right before the Lehman crisis. I just signed a new one-year contract, um, you know, for, I guess, for 08. And all of a sudden, you were calling up certain divisions, and they were gone. You know, oh, what, where's the, where's John? Oh, his division was let go. Oh. And you're like, uh-oh. You know, you start to see the writing on the wall. Sure. And then they said they're not going to honor my contract. And I said, but that's what a contract is. Right. <laughs> we right. signed it. We sure. signed it. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, it. of course. Uh, and they said, good luck with that. So I went to a labor attorney who said, this is a giant corporation. For this six-figure contract, they can run this out as long as they want to run it out for, and you're going to lose. Right. So best to just... And there's something called at will employment, right? In New York, New York State or New York oh, City. It was against my will, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't sure. know. I don't know what will you're talking about, but uh, <laughs> I didn't will this to happen. But okay. it happened. Yeah. So this is also this story of how I got into real estate. So at the time, I was selling my apartment on the Upper East Side. Stacy Froelich was my broker. Oh wow, small world. Yeah. Shout out to Stacy. And her team of it was Stacy, Marilyn Lippman, and I think Julie Muda at the time was also a Compass broker uh, with a different team. They said, Dave Graff, you should be in real estate, right? You have that personality. You've got that little it it thing that really makes a good broker. You can talk and talk and talk. I guess sometimes that's a bad thing. but um, And they said, we don't see you in residential, right? And they said, we don't think you have the patience for it. Mm-hmm. Dealing with me with all the apartments. Well, and they were right. I don't have the patience. You don't have the patience for humans uh, in uh, when it comes to their personal decision on the color of the countertops that they so, like. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, they said you should be in commercial and talk to these three people. I, they knew I didn't want to be in a, in a corporate brokerage anymore. Right. I just come from MBA world, and I didn't want to work for a CB or a Newmark or something like that and have to, you know, go into work at this hour. And you can't, if you leave five minutes early, people are like, what's that guy doing? Leave yeah, early, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The culture is different. Yeah, the culture is different back then. 100%. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I ended up um, talking to Steve Tarter at the time from Tarter Stats with Tool. Within seven minutes, we've got pictures of our dogs out, and we're all having a good time. And they said, go get your license and come back. So that's how I got into commercial real estate. But, you know, as far as the residential aspect, I was just telling you, I had one residential listing as a commercial agent. It was mm-hmm. part of someone's portfolio. Yeah. So just sell off two-bedroom, two-bath at the Superior Inc. building. Oh, yeah, nice. Fancy. Superior Inc. Well, I know. I've never been. Sure. It'll look, look pretty awesome to me. That's a pretty good building to start off in. <laughs> 
right? It was just like, hey, I could do How hard could this be? Yeah, sure. You know, if I can do this, I could certainly easily do this. Yeah. And, you know, again, we were selling someone's apartment, and the person renting it was a lead singer of Green Day and his wife. Wow. He was fresh out of rehab. They had just had a kid. She's a model. And she said, my only rule is you're not allowed to bring your phone into the apartment because I don't want people taking pictures. No of pictures, no videos, no recordings. To me, fine. that's a simple request. Sure. But every broker who showed up was made the biggest stink. Oh, never in my life have someone asked me to do this. And I'm going, oh, what? These people are lunatics. <laughs> and eventually I figured out, I would just say, you know what? Then I'm leaving. Bye. And I would start to walk out the door. And they'd be like, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. But then, you know, usually it was the client being like, what? Are you, give it the damn phone. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, like I said, the guy in the front desk is wearing a tuxedo. Is the desk is made of Carrera marble. What's he going to do? Steal your phone? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, true. Uh, you know, and then the people coming in the place, right? I mean, they just, they come in there and they trash it. I, you know, it's, it was a, I mean, I would cut my left ear off to live in a place like this. What, what do you mean they trashed it? What, what happened? I can't. Oh, look at these. This kitchen is awful. These handles, I can't. I have to redo the entire thing. Huh. It's, this is terrible. The worst was the NYU kids showing up with their parents. Sure. And telling their parents. I, mean, I heard some kids say, you're stupid, Mom. You don't know what I want, right? Yeah. My dad would have taken me out to the woodshed. I would have been <laughs> all over it that way, if I had said Came it. over. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was clean the garage. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. He comes out, he's like, the garage is not clean enough. Yeah. You, you know, clean it, clean it better than this. Yeah. But, you know, it's a $3 million apartment, and this kid's telling his mom. She doesn't, you don't know what stupid. I want. Literally called her stupid. Oh, you don't boy. know what I want. I'm Rough. Like, Man. I wanted to throw the kid out the Different window. world out there, huh? Yeah, and I was like, I don't think I like this very much. <laughs> One, you know, seeing all these people come in and trash what I would consider to be a, a beautiful apartment. Sure. I know, but I guess they kind of have to do that to try to... Or, the or they're just bit. so far out of touch with, you know, our reality, right? They're, they're given everything... they a regular person. Right, they're given everything. They right. have a certain standard of living. And when they go into an apartment, they expect a certain standard, and it's below that, then they immediately trash it. Trash, yeah, it's, just the trash to now try it's, to work the price down. No, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't like think so. Because the, uh, like, I can't do any No, because the, the, the seller has to... It's not like the seller is sitting there. You know, the, right, right. You're know, you you're there as kind of a buffer between the seller. It's not... The, the property is worth what the market is willing to pay for. So the buyer can trash it all he wants. But if the market... You know, the market says, no, you're... I'm sorry. It's sold eventually. It's going it to sell. Then, the of dealing with these people. Yeah, you know, sometimes you have to be a little bit numb and dead Our inside. Side of the business is, is very different. It's black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Driven. So, uh, so, 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 tell me about the transition into you know commercial full time, and and you know, I, I think for listeners, it's important to know. I, I don't have a lot of commercial people on. I think uh, you're basically the first one. I mean, Jake, Jake is. Jake was the first one, but Jake and I, I really more I talked about. I we, we talked more about you know the early beginnings as the first agent at Compass, but for you, you know, uh, I suppose. Uh, being in commercial, there are so many different sectors of commercial. Just you, know, you have residential leasing, you have retail leasing, which are two separate animals. You also have uh, building sales, hotel sales, yeah. multifamily sales. You have multifamily. I mean, some there's so much. Some people only specialize in retail. Some people only specialize in office. Some people only specialize in investment. So, so how, did, how did you get started in what sector did you get started in first and why? Well, I always, in my opinion, doing retail and office, the difference is jargon. I mean, obviously, you know, knowing the markets takes time. You got to go in and out of buildings. You got to start, you know, as a kid going into the shittier buildings. You have to you preview them. Terrible right. clients. Yeah, sure. So you're going into the Class C stuff and the garment center and things that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. You know. Is that right? Was it? Uh, is it bad? There's some. There's some awful, awful stuff out there. Interesting. Okay. Really awful. You don't see that from above. You know, from the ground. No, you know, I mean like from the ground awful. up. You walk in and be like. This place is rentable? No way. Yeah, someone pays for this? <laughs> they don't pay you to be here? They should. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, now, you know, the last deal I'm doing or in the middle of now is a penthouse, um, you know, in a midtown building with Central Park views for 100 bucks a foot. Oh, okay. You know, some of the most beautiful stuff where you can just stare out the window all day long. Mm-hmm. Just be like, mm, we've made it. Got you it. Know, we're at the top. Got it. And everyone else is below. Well, what, what, did you get into leasing first? Did you get into uh, so, yeah, office so, leasing? My team would do retail leasing and office leasing. We yep. represent tenants, we represent landlords. Mm-hmm. When it comes to sales and investments and those kinds of things, we do some some of the smaller stuff. But when it gets to like building sales, I always tell people that's not my specialty. 
So is it know, hard to do both? Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you really if you're a re- so the big companies, you're either a retail broker, or you're an office broker, and they split those up. Okay. We do both because that money's green, right? Sure. Whether you're doing this or that, money doesn't discriminate. Does no, it? it does not. And you can do those and still be you know very proficient in both of them. And again, it's a little jargon, and there's a lot of little differences between the two, but. You know, this isn't rocket science, right? It's sales. Right. So, you're, you know, you're getting them into the space, and you're selling them in the space, and you're selling them on the neighborhood. And you're well, what did you want to do? Did you want to start as a leasing, uh, re- a retail leasing or, or office what, leasing so, agent? Or you know, did you kind of fall into that? It was somewhat interesting because the one of the ladies at the company I was with really liked my personality, and she was like, Dave, you know, in front of the whole company. We're doing a meeting. And yeah. she's like pointing to people, you're good at this, you're good at this, you're good at this. It's my first week at this company. <laughs> Oh, and Dave Graff, you're good at all of it. And I was like, you know, and everyone looked at me like, you know. Who is this guy? Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and I was like, I, oh, wait, but, you know, I didn't, you know, all of a sudden there's a big target on my back. Well, the manager didn't even know you were brand new? I mean, she knew I was brand oh, new. Oh, she knew, okay. But she just thought, you know, you've got it and you're going to be It's that to typical real estate office manager lady who's kind of a cheerleader. So she there, was, bright, you try I, to brighten I your day. Still, to this day, she calls me and tries to hire me. Yeah. Oh, good. 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 To lunch, sends me letters. Oh, that's awesome. Old school. I love her. She's awesome. Old school. You know, that's so great. I always tell her if I wasn't so happy working for myself here at Compass, there's maybe two or three people I would ever go work for. Oh, good. Good. Okay. You know, and she's one. Of them. Okay. So she told you you're good at everything, and then what did you do? Did you just go out and sit and, and just start pounding the pavement, preview, I mean, preview it, shitty it was, little lofts? And one of the other things was the head of that company. My first day there, he says, all right, well, draft me an offer for, for this particular deal. And I was like, it's my first day. What does that mean? And then he starts <laughs> screaming at me, right? What the hell? I told you to draft me an offer. And I was like, man, this is a pretty unprofessional business I just entered here. And it really is. Yeah. I and mean, they're, I don't know how residential works, but in commercial, I mean, I hope this doesn't go out. People don't get offended. I'm not talking about you, but we're talking about people in general. to 70% of the people are like terrible human beings. Are you, are you talking about on the tenant side, like oh, representing like the company, or, or are you talking about people that are like brokers and brokers. like people in the business? Brokers. Oh, is that right? Why? Why do you think that is? Money. It, it's not. They're not collaborative. They're not nice. They're it's not. Money. Yeah. You know, once I always tell people, especially new people in the business, if you get into a six-figure commission, watch your back. Wow, interesting. It, it's very. Um, and, and kind of a wild, wild west out there, there's huh? A mil- there's a million sociopaths who will just do it, and then they claim. Just business, right? So that's how they, in their mind, that's how they justify with fucking you over and saying, "Well, it's just business. Mm. You're, you're not, you're weak. Uh, this and that." Or I have kids, right? That's a big one I hear too. Okay, give oh, me an. I, kids, so I mean, I to, you know, give me an home. example of a situation or scenario that's happened to you where you got screwed over, or maybe you maybe you almost got, you know, one right under you. I mean, is there a, a time that you don't have to name any names, obviously? Yeah, I don't want to name any names, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, there was, there's, there was a big deal that went down. And, you know, at the end of the day, this person tried to push me out of the company, you know, with all these crazy lies. And, you know, it, I have kids, you know, I have kids in school. And, you know, that, that's what it was. And, you know, the whole thing kind of backfired, but it certainly opened my eyes to the fact that this person who I thought was my friend, like I spent Christmas oh, wow. in the house and we spent all our time, you know, it's, it all changed when the money got to a certain point. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No. That's that's very. I mean, you see that in residential too. I mean, I'm, I I can't think of too many times where you know people try to screw each other over just because I think in residential the, the managers are so well connected, and uh, the you know the industry. Well, let's say at it's the, a million dollar commission. Oh you right. Watch okay. Your ass on something like that. Like, yeah. I mean, someone I, would try to take that from you. I, I, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I can't really think of a situation where that could happen because a, lo- a lot of these times the contracts are set it forth like the commission's already set forth in the contract and if you bring the buyer the uh, the buyer the broker's well, already set forth yeah you're kind of protected from you're different contractual obligations that, that and almost every instance i think everybody Someone does have an exclusive says, oh, you know friend, and you owe me a certain percentage and yeah you know i it, it, i don't think it, everything is more buttoned down yeah. from a contractual standpoint I guess in the commercial world, when it comes to the bigger more, commissions, I think it's a little more loose that way. Yeah, it might be a little bit more loose. To, so I have someone right now, you know, we have an offer in on a retail condo in Tribeca, and the owner of the company is this huge tech titan, and he's, you know, I've done a bunch of stuff for him, and he's always stated, listen, I'll, I'll use any broker who can get me the deal. Sure. 
Um, but, you know, I'm the broker of record. We have the offer in. And then you have this other guy come in and say, oh, I know the owner. I can get you a better deal. And I said, listen, if he can get you a better deal, I'll split the commission. Mm. But if he can't, he's then sorry. done nothing. And but that's fair. Right. That's fair, and yeah. He's done nothing. And it, it's, it's a very short... Now sp- he's claiming, you know, and he's, he's now trying to... He's trying to wedge his way into this now. Weasel his way. He's trying to get something. Mm. And I, you know, had to put my foot down and say, listen, I told you, here's the way it is. If, you know, it's a five million, you know, we got they want five million. If he can get four, seven, five, I'll split the commission with him because he got the deal he said he was going to get. And I said that, so I'm going to be a man of my word. But if he can't get you off five, you get nothing. Absolutely nothing. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, I guess a lot of a lot of agents want to they commercial try, agents want to weasel their way in. These people for months and yeah. months and months, and all of a sudden this guy comes out of left field that he wants to interject himself into the deal because he claims he knows the owners, and I have to tell you, as an owner, some guy is gonna you're gonna take four hundred grand off the deal because of some guy uh, some claims girl. yeah claims that that's yeah, never gonna happen claims that they were somehow involved in the deal somehow right. it's very yeah that's very tough yeah so that's he's very trying tough to wedge himself in but he's just got wedged down listen well, and if he can get him a deal then he's earned it what what do you think is the uh, the cleanest part of commercial or is there a, cl- a cleaner in, I mean is there if you represent like Whole Foods is it cleaner then is that is that no, the, the, that the industry bigger, to be the in or? the deal is the you know. There's always a million speed bumps at the end of the deal, right? There's okay. no easy deal. Right. There's no, and I, again, I don't know in residential, but it seems like you, know, you do your deal and you get paid, you know, like almost right away. It all, the payment comes. Well, nothing is right table. away in New York City real estate. Danielle can assess to that right here. You sit at the table and somebody hands you a check. Yeah. The hardest part about commercial is the payment structure is usually, can be two payments, three payments, four payments. It's over a course of a certain number of years. And it could be. Traditionally, it's half on signing and half after the free rent period ends. Okay. So six or seven months. Later. Okay. But as you said, sometimes you're working with a smaller landlord. They don't have that kind of cash. They say, listen, i got to pay you four payments over two years. So now you got to have it in your calendar. And right. And now you got to have, as it's coming up, to be reminding people. Sure, right? sure. Payments coming up next week. Payments it, coming it, up in three Is that days. coming through your yourself, your attorney? Or yourself. Yourself, like you okay. You know all this stuff is coming. Right. And then, of course, you know, uh, I, I put it in the mail. What what and happens I if the deal that um, over here on 18th Street, awesome deal during COVID, um, and the deal was so good that the payment structure was out two years. Mm-hmm. And I said, listen, give me one lump payment of this, and you know that the discount was significant enough. They were like, okay, and you know, I said, all right. So the payment's coming up. And he said, oh, I put it in the mail. And I said, my Everything I sent to you says, do not put it in the mail. Mm, Was that? I mean, how many times have you heard? Oh, I guess during the COVID. There's a reason checks in the mail is a saying. Right. It's never in the mail. Because it's never in the mail. Oh, the Postal Service lost it. Sure, (laughs) sure, sure. I can approve that. Sure. Well, and also during during COVID. I'm like, you sent $70,000 just without being certified? (laughs) So, you know. Are these bank checks? Personal checks? Tuesday. And I said, you know, my invoice clear in the biggest, boldest letters possible. Do not mail. I will come pick it up. Yeah. Now, his office is on 18th Street. I'm like, you sent the mail from 18th Street to 16th Street? And you're telling me it took 10 days to get there and it still isn't here? I don't know what happened. So I talked to someone. He says he he mailed it Tuesday. Someone else in the company, oh, he mailed it Thursday. Oh, boy. Now, all of a sudden, the lies are starting to build up. Sure. And, you know, I'm starting to get upset. As a commercial agent, you have to be kind of a, uh, you have to play debt collector, huh? 100%. You are basically a collection agency. You are a debt collector because they're not just gonna mail you the check for those looking to get into commercial real estate you must not only know the market but you must know how to be a debt collector you have to to be a collection agency i mean you can't be too much of a dick because they're paying you (laughs) but i mean you know where's my 70 grand right it's not in the mail you didn't mail it so now i know you're a liar wow so what happens then i have to be careful with you from now on Mm -hmm. eventually i said listen bro I'm trying to get like I'm trying to do a Hamptons house to get out of this crime-ridden city right now for the summertime. I need the money. Just, just do me the solid and pay me. Yeah, and, what, and, and he was like, "You can come pick it up." Oh, okay. So eventually you he get it. He paid me. Yes, it's it, it's like pulling. He lied. I mean, it was it's an pulling teeth. Blatant lie that he put it in the mail. It's pulling teeth. And I've had a half dozen scenarios like that. Someone, I was a check for like 131. So we put it in the mail. 
I mean, I'm like, wait a second. What? Why are you not sending why, why spend the extra dollar? Why? It's it's obviously a, a lie. Most. I mean, if you're a rational business person, you're not putting a hundred thousand dollar plus check in the mail, not certifying, not certifying it, or not sending it via FedEx or UPS or DHS or messenger massive, service courier. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense, right? I mean, yeah, but, someone's doing this. Ooh. Are are there any landlords that uh, pay on time? Like what? Vornado? Some yeah. of these REITs SL probably. Green. SL Green. Sure. Okay, so the the big brand They've companies, got the money. And, right? And, you know, we have landlords who you know you're supposed to pay within 30 days usually that first time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's 40 days. And if you're working with a smaller landlord, you, know, you get it, right? They're right. not really cash flush all the time. Right. You work with people, and sometimes things don't get paid on time. But you're relying on that money. Sometimes, right? It's like I got to pay my rent, I got bills to pay, and I'm supposed to have my money, but I don't. Mm-hmm. So there is, you know. You're chasing it a lot of the times. Right, right. Okay, yeah. That, that, that's, a, that's a totally different part of the business that I didn't even fathom or realize. Right. Yeah. The sales and the same scenario. You're sitting at the table. Well, I feel like at the sales, the sales you're, you're getting a check. Yeah. You're, it's through same the thing. attorneys. You, close, it's... you get the check. You're off to the bank. Right, right. Okay. Uh, let, let's switch gears a little bit. Instead of talking about chasing the money, let's talk about, let's talk about uh, the chasing the market. What, what's going on with COVID right now? You know, as far as the leasing concept is concerned, the leasing market is concerned, I, a lot of people left New York City. July, June 22nd, phase two of last year, you know, we were allowed to open for business. And I thought personally, people were coming back to the office. I, mean, I was the first one in the office when we opened up in this building. Yeah, day one, this is great. Where, but then nobody where came in. I'm like, where is there? Yeah, I was under that. I was operating under the pre-notion that we'd just all come back into the come back into the office. Office family. What happened? Together, you know, right? right? Nothing. Everyone's gonna be there. Everyone's gonna be there. We're no. all gonna be neck to neck. We're all gonna be shoulder to shoulder. Sure, we might wear a mask, no. but what no. happened? Why? No. Still, you know, even to this day, not even just one ten fifth, but you know, there was a New York Post article that came out about three weeks ago about eighty percent of the office space is still vacant. You know, one year after the phase two of uh, June twenty second of last year. So, what do you think is happening? You know, market wise, last year, how bad was it for you? And then, how 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 much has it improved this year? Last year, you know, it was more than a gut punch. It was just, you know, it was a KO, right? I mean, knockout stopped. There yeah. Was no, oh, we're doing it virtually now, and it's a virtual closing, and it's all, you know, we'll keep going because some people have to sell, some people. Have to, it was over. Right. Until. So you're talking about from what? From March? Yeah, March. Well, let's just say April on last year. So yeah. April on, you know, I don't think we picked up business. You know, people were going out and looking. Now, you know, you remember, right? Everyone masked up, mm-hmm. stand in the corner of the elevators, and okay. some buildings yeah. were open, some buildings weren't open right. yet. Right, sure, sure. Uh, so it was, you know, it was pretty sketchy. Everyone was scared of each other still at this point. So I don't think we did our first deal probably in nine or ten months after closing my gosh so you literally had nothing nothing going going on on for nine months you had a listing the landlord was still up your ass about well why aren't you bringing where are all these people you said you could bring a tenant you know if we if we cut cut the price to covid pricing and then you know we were out running around with some people but nobody was really doing anything Mm -hmm. it was a lot of looking okay a lot of lucky lose okay and were you showing just empty spaces, subleases, empty both space. empty spaces? I, I read that there was an, like an 80% increase in sublease space, right? All these companies moved out. Now they want to sublease it. So the sublease people left. Mm-hmm. We, had a, we had a beautiful sublease on 24th Street, an architect's office, private roof deck. I mean, it was the space was awesome. Right. We couldn't even give it away. Wow. Because there was Phenomenal. only one elevator in the building. Yeah, sure. So people were terrified. People were terrified, yeah. And nobody was getting office space because... Take a look. How many people are on your floor? Nobody. Uh, well, you know, it's maybe me. Uh, Six, ten. Who? What do we have? We have like what? Jason Saft. That's about it. So on my floor. <laughs> yeah, Mike Sarge. Yeah. Sometimes uh, Johnny floor, comes in. Six people. <laughs> Six people. But, yeah. You know, give or take. Twenty-five. So yeah. it's you know it's it's a little depressing. Yeah, we got we got to give a shout out to the six people that come into the office. Not. It's, it's, it's always the same six people. Same six people. <laughs> and you know, in the beginning, I was like, "This is great. We're back." I mean, I remember I took a picture. Oh yeah, we got to give a shout out to uh, we got to give a shout out to the uh, Steve Halpern who was in be right before you. Also, always, always in the office, Steve Halpern. Shout was, out. <laughs> I mean, there was uh, I took some picture. I was I walked with the dog in front of the office. I missed the office so much. I was walking around with the dog, and I walked and took the picture of the office and was like, "Man, I can't wait to be back." And now we're back, and now, you know, there's nobody here. Um, Even my team, it's like, you know, we, 
we'll meet up once in a while here, but you just got used to working from home. You're, you're, I was never a work from home guy. I just don't have the focus to, to be at home. But be at home, sure. Now, I mean, you know, my dog Maggie is really old. So Shout out Maggie. Yeah, so I'm just going to bring her. But Maggie's an awesome lab. So for those of you not listening, kind of getting, you know, getting to the getting end older. Of yeah, sure. Her life cycle. And yeah. This has been great because I could spend all my time. I with mean, I mean, talk about pandemic winter. All the dogs out there, oh, right? For sure, man. They just got all the love. Shout out puppies, and Maggie. But uh, what were we talking about? Oh, we were just talking about how bad it was. So, like, what did you? What, what, what was going through your mind during COVID, man? Six, six months without a without a deal, signing a deal, getting it was paid. All out, just like everybody else at the beginning, right? Must have been rough. Figuring out what's 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 life like. You know, I yeah. can't go see my parents. I yeah. Can't go, I, you, you you walk down the street. Remember in the beginning, you walk down the you sidewalk. You can't make a Somebody living. Somebody would cross the sidewalk. They were scared of you. Yeah. Can't make right. So you can't make a living. Unemployment. Yeah. And so even that didn't kick in for. Because it was so jammed up. Right. It was right? a mess. Nine or ten months. So it's all outgoing money. Right? Yep. You got to eat. You got to mm-hmm. buy food. Did, did you, you think? Gotta... Did you think that you, you know, this could have been it, towards that towards that end of the year last year or? So, I mean, one of the, the bad things that happened, you know, that happened, I guess, happened with a lot of teams was teams broke up, people left, people moved away. A lot of agents left the industry. You think? Yeah, like commercial commercial like, leasing. So I lost Rachel. Uh huh. Right? So Rachel. Was, she moved back home. She moved back to Rochester. Right. She's not coming back. Okay. I, I mean, every time I talk to her, I said, when are you coming back? Yeah. The city's getting better. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, I think that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that was, she was my budding superstar. And, you know, it was like the, your whole team family, right? We were super cool. We did everything together. And then all of a sudden this happens and now, you know, Jake's doing his comedy thing. Brad lives in Brooklyn. I'm here. Rachel's gone. Uh, you know, our little family in our row, right? You don't see any of those people anymore. Sure. So, you know, it's there's going to be a new office reality come 2022. Right. We okay. don't know what that is yet, right? Who's going to be left? Who's you, not going to be left? Wh- do you think in? come September, I mean, there's this, there's this new Delta variant spreading, and, and there's word that uh, some companies are now scaling back their their full opening, or at, at least a partial, you know, open, right? few, few full, days a week. Open few days a week, you know, big, we're talking about big companies like Amex and City right. and Goldman. And some of these, some of these larger, models. larger companies are may, pushing back the hybrid model potentially, not to September, but maybe another 30 days back to October because of this Delta variant. Do you think, do you see us coming back, you know, 50% capacity by the end of the year or? I think there's the, the two milestones that we talk about, at least on the commercial side are September 7th. Sure. People are supposed to come back. Post Labor Day, yep. January 7th or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the, after, after New Year's. That New Year's when people are, office people are supposed to be coming back in some form, whether it's three days a week, week on, week off. and But, you know, that's the hope. I mean, I'm, we're doing office deals for people who are have been remote for a year and a half. And I said, we want, we're done. We're done being remote. You have to come back. We have and to come have back. Space. So you're, you're seeing companies saying we want to come back because I, I, I we're tired of working right from home. It, you know, it's time. Okay. It's time to come back. Good. Let's get our people back in the city. Good. Which is going to be good. And you're talking good. about millions of people. You know, it's come September seventh. Million. There's going to be another million or two million people. They're ready the to come back. Okay. Good. And good. You're going to feel that. You know, you can start to feel the energy and the buzz. You don't foresee the Delta variant or anything like that pushing things back. It would probably still be on know, track for they, September for the most I, part. I try not to read and listen to too much news, but there's, you know, that's a little more of the unvaccinated people have more to worry about. Sure. I think then again, most do. people coming back, offices are saying, you know, you got to be vaccinated. Yeah. If yeah. Not, you're wearing a mask. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been in Montauk and East Hampton a lot this summer and, you know, it, yeah, it, it, it's no insane, man, it, insanity. I mean, every, you can't even get into like the normal restaurants, uh, the b- bars and clubs, there's lines around the block well, at I've night. You know, it, if you are paying a thousand dollars to some guy just to get him a table, just to get a table, you know, well, I mean, that's always been like that, but you know, you know, Rush Meyers, you, you, you pay a thousand bucks for a picnic table it's ridiculous yeah, I but in august and i just have a little house <laughs> but with the four bedrooms oh where are you in where uh west hampton or yeah, quag remsenburg this year where is that where is it's that right new quag west hampton okay three miles to west hampton oh good good okay. i'm on a quiet street i got a pool more your speed maggie you know, loves if it i gotta go to dockers in west hampton i'll go but i'm not i'm not in you're not going scene. out to east you're not going yeah. to east hampton you're not in the scene well, you know, what I was going at is, you know, if all these people, all these, you know, they're, they're young and old, but if all these people are at the dinner at Serafina in East Hampton, you know, and in, in you're okay dining indoors, there's no reason why you're not in the office. Yeah, 100%. Like, what, what, there's no reason why you shouldn't be in the, the office. Was at J.P. Morgan was like, if you can 
can go to a restaurant. Yeah. You can come to work. You're coming in the yeah. office. Yeah. There's no difference. Between yeah. I, inside and, the restaurant and, come to work. and I, I, I see articles about people quitting because the, the, their employees are telling them to come back into there the office and stuff like that. And a then, new reality, I but think, it, coming back. It, it, it's, you can't have it both ways. You know, hey, I see you out. I see you. You know, I see you out old, young. You know, you're out to the bars. You're out to the, you know, you're out in the Hamptons hanging out in the hotels, but hotels, you you're in gurneys. Wherever you are, you, you can come back into the office. Gone. I think people will either never come back because they can found out that they can do everything from home. But you don't. It depends on your job. I think it depends on your industry too. You know, if you're if you're. Um, well, so we'll keep it real estate, right? I mean, you don't. You should be back in the office. Come to the office a lot anyway. There's there's three desks across from me for someone's team. I've never seen. Them. Right. Sure. Of course. Yeah. You don't have to I be always in the office. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think New York City has more of an office culture. New York City brokers have more of an office culture than Westchester or Aspen or, you know, Denver or or any any other. I feel like if you're in the suburbs, you're in Long Island, uh, you're in the Hamptons, you're in uh, like the burbs of Chicago. Yeah, maybe you're not in the office as much because you do have your you do have your home. You have more space. You probably have a home office. And, you know, it's not really necessarily an office culture type atmosphere out in the suburbs anyway. You know, people people live in the suburbs not to have that culture. They don't really care about it. But if, in New York City, at least for me, you know, growing up and growing my career at Town Residential, and you know, which we're in the same building, one ten Town used to be used to have a floor upstairs and sixth floor. But you know, everybody was in the office every day. You know, that's how the culture grew in the bullpen. No, no, we learned like in the, the bullpen. Of, like, that was the best part of business. Yeah, like one of the best part of business. Each other and we're trying to help each other out. Exactly. Us in the beginning too, right? It was us against them. Yeah. So it was just. Everyone in the office all the time, just building the company. And you, as a commercial guy, coming into the office are is actually the true representation of someone that you know pushes uh, office space leasing. And you know, is it leasing? You need to be if you're not working from the office. And if you're not in the office, what does it say to you as a professional leasing office space? Right. That's it's like a. I got a little used to working at home, and and I find it scary because I never liked to work. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden I'm kind of enjoying Good. working from home. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I'm enjoying working from home because no one's in the office. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no culture right now. There's five people on a 15,000 square foot floor, and it's a bit depressing. There's no culture right so now. I'm hoping, that's true, you know, yeah. we'll see what happens after Labor Day if people come back. Okay, Or how right. many people come back. But I'm hoping people come back because I miss the people. Yeah, sure. Do you think the, the rents of the office markets are going up right now with the people coming the back or no? In the high-end stuff. So yeah. with the building I'm doing this penthouse deal in, yeah. I just look at what's going on. Tell us about that. $100, $100 a foot? Yeah, it's $100 Which so means what? If it's $100 a foot and it's a, it's a 1,000 square feet, what is that? A $1 million of rent per year? Uh, is that how it works? You got your phone on you? You can do a little math real quick. Can you, I think, you, you know, know, do you want to? It's, it's a 9,000 square foot space at 100 bucks a foot. I think so 9,000 times grand, 100 times 12. Divide by. Div- 9,000 times 100. 100. Divide by 12. Divide by 12. And that's your monthly rent. And that's your monthly rent. $75,000 a month in rent. And this is not like Uniqlo. This is like uh, an office space. This is yeah, not it's, retail. It's a good company, office space, and but you know the the high end buildings. Yeah. Four twenty five Park or one Vanderbilt. Those things are like one hundred percent leased. One it's, Vanderbilt is one hundred percent leased. Almost. Like no, oh, for those that are listening, one Vanderbilt very is. High, I mean, I don't know if it's one hundred percent, but it's very close to being filled because, you know, those high end companies. They're still high-end companies. And they right. They still want high-end office. They space. still want high-end office space. Interesting. So in the building that I'm in, that I'm doing this deal in, they just raised prices five dollars a foot across the board. Mm-hmm. Raising prices. We're still in COVID. They're raising prices. Mm-hmm. So the lower-end buildings, you can still get really. Why? Good why do those high-end companies want those high-end spaces? What is this just I mean, it, immune to the downturns? Are, some of them are just amazing. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're great. What they're kind really of companies awesome. are leasing these spaces? You don't have to give you me get that names, but. Okay. They, what, what do they want to do? Firm. Impress clients that aren't going to come into the office? Well, they got to impress the clients. You also got to impress hiring people. To, you know, we're in this check it like Citadel, right? The sure. stuff they're paying for in their building, I think, is three hundred bucks a foot for the penthouse. Three hundred dollars. That's probably a foot. the most expensive space I've heard. How many square feet? How many square They've feet do they have? Thousand square feet, but the top floors are like twenty-five foot ceilings. I mean, it's supposed at to that be point, they should be buying the building. Don't outrageous, you think? outrageous. They should be stuff. buying the I mean, building. Really if the building like it's not for sale. Outdoor space and you know the whole nine yards. Okay, so where so is it? Is so the top, the higher end of the commercial real estate leasing market is pretty much immune to this downturn. Is, I mean, is what I'm getting at. But it's it's 
coming back before the rest of it is. It's coming back first. This building, all of a sudden, you know, we were like, well, maybe we want the 29th floor. It's like, oh, we have a lease out on that. Wow. Well, how about 32? That's coming up. We have a lease out on that. And all of a sudden, the building's full, and you can't get anything, and, you know, that's what's happening in the Class A stuff. When you start to get into the Class B buildings, deals can be had. There's there's deals to be had. Mm -hmm. It's just the top stuff. You know, they're saying... Where can one company, where can a company right now find a deal where they couldn't have pre-COVID? She's probably half the city. Half the city. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is like a, this is a great opportunity. Too, right? So retail, you know, there's deals to be had. They're still giving COVID deals in that year one. Okay. Tell me, so can you give me an example? Do you have anything specific you know of case, I mean, case study? We have a deal going on in the meatpacking district where oh that's nice right by dvf or samsung and 13th street okay and that street was probably 225 250 a foot to retail or upstairs retail Retail. okay 225 wow but we're doing a deal you know way off that number just a five-year deal for our listeners let's let's give a little math breakdown again so if it's 225 a foot danielle can you bust out the calculator please 225 a foot times 2,000 square feet so what is it 50,000 400,000? Divided by 12. Divided by 12. That's the monthly rent. 37,500. What are they selling? Or can you disclose that? What, what kind of products are they selling in the retail to cover that rent? <laughs> uh, the particular deal we're doing is with a skincare company. Okay. So I, I don't know how much people, women spend on this kind of thing, but I imagine it's a you lot have of no money. idea, yeah. And if it's in the meatpacking district, it's got to be a lot of money. I mean, if it's... Because they're a, they're a, a destination, so people come This is very them. interesting to me. A store like, like Sephora, what is it, like a no, $15, no, no, no. $20 I think it's makeup like a case? doctor, you come and you hear facial. And we don't really know. I'm I have no idea. I, I, I have no clue. We're probably heading into territory we should be heading into. Yeah, no, let's not talk about this <laughs> yeah. too much. Yeah. We don't really know. Talk about what we know. But that being said, we, you know, the... It's a big discount because the meatpacking district is. Have you been there recently? Yeah, I have. I, I wanted to check out the Lucid Motors. The restaurants uh, are open, yes, all of a sudden. But this yeah. was before that was happening. Yeah, so nobody was, there. Yeah. You know, Jake and I went over there to do the, you know, to put our sign up, and we went to I think those Caminos for lunch. And if there were eight people in the meatpacking district, I would have been shocked. We saw okay. nobody except for tumbleweeds going mm -hmm. by because they were scary. on scary. tourist restaurants and office space, scary. all of which were not there at the time. So. Okay. Uh, let's switch gears real quick. I, you know, I want to do pivot and because we're running out of time, but you're a busy guy. You got a lot of deals and clients going on. Tell me what's going on on the, uh, you have an awesome listing. I see your name all over the city. Uh, I'm going to, two, two highly trafficked areas that I pass by is your old Brooks Brothers space on Broadway and, uh, 17th, Oh yeah. Tell me about that space. That's a really beautiful space. So 901 Broadway is probably one of the most awesome buildings. I mean, beautiful building. I mean, beautiful. It's very interesting. You see people taking pictures of the building. It's like the miniature long. Ace Hotel. Yeah, from, it's, uh, it's from an original, interior standpoint. It's the original Lord and Taylor building. Mm. So it's one of the one of the very first cast iron buildings in the city. I mean, just why did the Brooks Brothers leave there? So Brooks Brothers, it, this was a COVID scenario. I mm -hmm. think Brooks Brothers filed Chapter 11. Okay. Um, they were paying a lot of money. I think they were paying close to 90 grand a month. Ninety grand a month for that space. I mean, it's not the biggest space. Right. It has a but cool downstairs. Right. But... Remember they had the coffee shop downstairs. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. You know, once again, with half of the spaces in New York City, it's not about making money. It's just presence. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah. You're making money. That coffee shop didn't come in until the end. Brothers is also in Nowheresville, Ohio, paying eight dollars a foot. Right. They, the it's hard to seventy dollars shirt. Wow. Wow. Okay. So that's very. Uh, we very actually hard did to a deal with Robin Abrams, uh, mm -hmm. office as well. Mm -hmm. He's up in the Midtown office mm -hmm. for Timothy Olton. Which is, I would say, mm -hmm. if James Bond were to buy furniture, he would buy it at Timothy. Timothy Olton. Okay. It's a British furniture company. Gotcha. Super cool. Hand very handmade. Sleek, very James Bond. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, if wow. If you had a speakeasy and you were going to outfit it, you would outfit it. If I stuff. need to make a cocktail martini bar, I'm going there. You're going there because okay. they got the goods. Okay. And they're supposed to be opening September 15th. September 15th. Okay. Good. Wow. But it was, you know, again we had the. From, from so what, what, so what was the rent? Yeah, what's the rent difference? We had to so. give a deep discount. Huge discount. And the because owner... People aren't paying those prices. I mean, the city was wide open. Sure. So you could go on Sure, anywhere. sure, sure. Um, we did that Timothy's deal a smart man. Discount, but we did a three-year deal with a seven-year option at fair market value. Three-year contract. So yeah, Seems very short for commercial. No, isn't com on commercial leases well, usually 10 years, five to 10 yes, years? But people aren't doing that anymore. They're oh, not locking in the good, good. Because okay. landlords are saying, I'm not, if I'm going to give you this price... 
I'm not, I'm not trying to lock you in. Yeah. Price, so. And the tenants are like, if I'm trying to, you know, lock something in, I don't want to be locked in on an ambiguous right. market. But the tenant does want to lock in something that's fifty percent less than it used to be. Sure. True. So true. Okay. It was. It worked out. The landlord was happy because he gets a three-year deal with money coming in, and then he gets the upside of the fair market value option if they pick it up. Right. And then the market comes back, and right. now all of a sudden, you know, what they're paying jumps, and the tenant gets a good deal because he has a great deal. Great deal. To try the space out for three years. Yeah. He doesn't have to pick up the option if it's not working. Right. And how, and how much are they, are they actually profitable from that space? We I think that's big. We pick up the option. Yeah. Because the, no, that, <laughs> we don't have to you, go and list it do again. Do commercial agents also make money when they pick up the yeah. option, right? So that's kind of interesting. You you make money as the tenant's pro- business prospers. Right. So it's kind of like... It would have been a great like, deal if they had done a 10-year deal. It's, it's a mutually exclusive relationship as far as your income and their success. It's yeah. basically directly correlational we, with each we other. We don't want to have to go out and list it again. Mm-hmm. Because then we got to deal with all the brokers again. And mm-hmm. Okay. If they pick up the option, we get paid. Talk to me about your space Oh, shout out to uh, my friend Niall Lundgren, who used to be at Compass, and now he is at uh, sure. Sir Haunt. So, Niall's Niall? a good uh, good friend of ours. He used to be at Compass. I met him at Compass, and uh, just a really overall interesting guy. I just saw him at the uh, library condos opening about two weeks ago with uh, our, our buddy, our buddy uh, Baby Frank Soriano. But it, and, and, but uh, you, yeah, so you have a project with him. Uh, you have a couple spaces with him. Yeah. You did... Uh, Framebridge, which is one of my favorite companies. They're actually uh, based out of my hometown, Fairfax, Virginia, Framebridge. Oh. I was a uh, Groupon guys. Groupon gro- or Groupon or – yeah, I think it was Groupon so Niall, alumni. Niall they, works on the – Niles has that building on North 4th North North Street. The cast uh, Iron Iron building, something like that? Uh, yeah, it's Jacob Toll's building. Jacob Toll's, yeah. So uh, tell me about that retail, retail space there. Yeah, so you, you did Framebridge. And then there's another space next to it that's vacant right now. So all those spaces we have – Leases out or offers on. Oh, wow. Every one of them. Good. So there was 190 Barry, 76 North Fork. Correct. We had two or three different spaces. Lewis Steel Building, that's the name. Yeah, it's Lewis Steel Building. Yeah. So, so tell me about those spaces. Why did those previous tenants leave? Because the, the, the space that was in, empty next to the uh, frame bridge used to be some kind of like, it was like a skateboarding. So, so there was Chrome. Uh, Chrome, that's right. right. Yeah, so it's like a biking, Chrome, skateboarding. We have the Chrome store in Nolita as well. Okay. Just Randomly. Random. Um, but Chrome left because they, they got rid of all their brick-and-mortar stores. They gotcha. Strictly online. Strictly online, which makes sense, probably. Yeah. So who's going in now? And then is, is the rent is there a rent differential there? So or? the rents are very similar to what they used to be because Jacob Toll is one tough guy. Okay. Um, but I think, you know, we had Republic of Booza, which was that yeah. ice cream place. Ice cream. like the... There used to be kind of a line there. Plastic-y. It was pretty. Yeah, around the. Yeah. It was pretty popular. Yeah, it was. But ice cream can only get you so far. I mean, you know, you're not going in there when it's negative thirty outside. Yeah. In winter. Yeah. Um, so we have some stuff out. I think there's an avocaderia kind of place, a couple food places, and we have a dentist who wants to go in. So you ever seen these the ground floor dentists that are popping? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Something like that wants to go in. Okay. So, you know, Jake really works on all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Jake was a Williamsburg guy. Sure, and yes. Brad, yeah, yeah. He now lives in Williamsburg yep. as well. Yep. So they really handle all that stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it seems like what I'm getting from you is what you have exclusively at listing on the listing side, especially if it's retail. Counting the going back to Brooks Brothers, it's back. The retail market is is definitely coming back. Okay. There's still deals to be had. Restaurants are coming in like mm-hmm. crazy because by the time they open up. Everybody's back. Sure. And you notice that the restaurant, so I have a friend who has a restaurant on uh, 11th Avenue C called Virginia's. Okay. And he had... Do you know it, Danielle? I, I do. It's a great place. You like it's it? It's but they have good burgers. Oh, Applewood smoked bacon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. It's okay. It's a great place. His name's Reed. Um, and he had a 35-seat restaurant. But now he has another 45 seats because he created a huge outdoor area. So, oh, you know, he's okay. still paying that same minimal rent because he's on Avenue C. Right. But now he has double the size. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, okay. you know, restaurants so going back because they can... Capitalize. they can build that outdoor area, they now have, you know, another 20% capacity. Right. Do you think the outdoor spaces will continue in the in the restaurant this industry? Right. This happen for another year or so. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, that's good. Listen, I like them. Yeah. You know, our, our, our my, my good friend and client, Gabe Stolman, who runs Happy Cooking at NYC, uh, had to close... A bunch of restaurants, one of them being the Jones. It used to be the old Jones Cafe on Jones yeah. Street, right next to the fire said, you know, I saw, I firehouse. Jake the other day, yeah. I said, oh, that's where hey, I had breakfast with him. You got to be the one at the Jones. I'm yeah, like, yeah. Talk's gonna take. Away. <laughs> yeah, it was great. You know, I, I I stopped doing the the 
the podcast in the restaurant because there's too much background noise. Yeah. And I really wanted to, but it just it just doesn't make any sense yeah. off from audio quality I mean, wise. My but favorite, you know, so like my favorite restaurants, one of them was Aqua Grill, which was an oyster place yeah. down in on Spring Street, yeah. Avenue. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I know. Mean, yeah. The kind of place where I would just, you know, it'd be a Saturday afternoon. That's where the old Compass office run was. Run down real quick and grab, you know. A dozen they have a nice little corner outdoor space situation yeah. there too. Right? Grab a yeah, dozen yeah. Oysters, two or three glasses of wine and you know they had this special that i used to if it wasn't on the menu i could ask for it and they would make wow it. and you can go shop for ducatis right afterwards just, across the street you know, and walk back home yeah and that's that nice. gone right gone so yeah yeah everybody's favorite you know you don't know remember like when this kind of came back it's like what's left what's not left you know it's like hitting the reset button left, yeah it's like know, when your thing was closed down. it's like hey where should we go oh is this still open like you don't even know anymore i was no i was out with um I was out with a bunch of friends, uh, Piacer NYC, which is on Broom. It's a pizza store, oven break pizza in the back. Randolph's beer was right next door. They're gone. Randolph's cocktail next door. They're gone, right? And then I went, and then we, I took my friends, and we walked up north to go to uh, Nadi Khan, who's the park manager of Compass. He has a show in the East Village at a place called Drum. And on the way from Piacer on Broom to Drum, which is on Avenue A and like 6th or 7th, right next to where Sidewalk Cafe was, I mean, you know, it's 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock on a Friday or Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, 75% of the retail space is closed. Like, what happened? Like, blocks and blocks of stores are still closed down there. So there's still a lot, like you said, opportunities there. Restaurants need to capitalize on it. They need to come back, and they need to start capitalizing the streets, the streetscapes. It is on the record. Don't you owe Jake and I lunch or dinner? Yeah, yeah. So, so. Corinthian deal a million years ago. Yeah, no, not Corinthian. It was the um, no, it was next to the Corinthian on Thirty Eighth Street. The Vantage. Ah. The Vantage. Yes, I do. So, let's go to um, I I would say Gallagher's. It's uh, uh, Justin. um, Justin Rubenstein, a uh, good friend of mine, also at Compass, his favorite uh, steak restaurant. It's still open, according to him. I was with him over the weekend. The steaks in the window. Yeah, yeah. I was with him over the weekend. He lives in the link. He's right next door. He's around like, the Gallagher's in Midtown West, right around the corner from there. Uh, and if you said Dave so, and Jake were going to Gallagher's, I'm on. I, I've never been. I've never been, and I do want to go. And it's in Midtown West, and I don't really dine there that often, no, so I need yeah. a reason to go out there. Yeah. I need a reason, right? Well, What's the reason? reason? So it's a good reason. So I think we should do that. Danielle's coming as well. Awesome. Uh, it, it should be. A, we should have a little a, a night of it. Um, one last thing before I close up shop. You know, when you hire people on your team, now that you're probably going to look to expand once the market yeah. comes back, going into 2021, 2022. What's you know what's what are you going to do? You know what how, what do you look for in a new hire in the commercial market? Like what what kind of personality, what kind of background, what kind of questions do you ask? How do you hire and how do you lead a team like that? I tend to hire from personality. Okay. Gels with the rest of the people, right? So Jake, when I hired Jake, mm-hmm. Jake was always coming to me asking commercial questions. And I asked around, I said, what's the deal with this kid? Mm-hmm. And they were like, Jake's awesome. He's going to be a superstar. He was 22. He Amazing like he kid. Was 18. He looked like he was Actually, 15. He looked like he was 13. Yeah. I still have the picture of him with the... Red backpack. Yeah, I mean, it's... Of course. It's, <laughs> you're like, look at this kid. Of course. He looks like he's 10. Yeah. Um, and I think I think at the time, you know, I think I was driving 911 at the time. Oh, you were driving that I Porsche 911. I really like that car, I yeah. I throwing the key in front of him and being like, this is this could be you, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sure, yeah, at yeah. At a young age, you're like, yeah. That's very impressionable, you're sure. Um, you know, listen. So Jake is Jake's a superstar. Jake's doing, you know, doing really well. Picks up on it super quick. And it's tough. Rachel came along, and you know Rachel was doing commercial for someone else, and Rachel came along. It's great. So there's very few women in commercial real estate. There is. Why is that? Because it's such a frat boy machismo kind of thing. The women in commercial real estate are all, they all rise to the top. Interesting. Like yeah. All, like Darcy Stakeholm. You're talking about the and, biggest uh, people in commercial real estate. I'd say three out of the five are women. Yeah. And they're just Darcy they're is a tops. Lehigh alumni, by the way. Shout out Lehigh. Yeah. Yeah. They're like the tops, the toughest. Like you don't mess with these people. Look at like Adelaide. Adelaide, yeah, uh, she's from she's at Compass. She's yeah. done a she's done a couple billion she dollars just, she worth was just of on something that was a hundred million. Wow, wow, yeah, casually selling hotels left and right. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, and you know, Rachel was just one of those people. She had it. Right? She, she had, had that, that it that factor. That she could deal with the she could deal with the guys' bullshit because you know the. CBs of the world and those guys, they're assholes. Right. So you have to be, have pretty thick skin you if you're a girl. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You got to be and kind of numb inside. That, then they respect you. Gotcha. Gotcha. And Interesting. Then you, boom, and you're just skyrocketing to the top. So she was on her way to the top. 
before. So do you do you hire girls? I mean, do you have a preference uh, hiring girls so that to they hire can? Another woman. Yeah. You know, it just it good. It works well for the team. You know how the team gels together, and it works well because there aren't enough. You heard it, Danielle. Estate. If you have any girlfriends that want to, you know, make a career change, there should be more women in commercial real estate because they just tend to do very, very well. Yeah, you heard it here first. Got to get over all the, the doorman. Oh, hey. So when Rachel first joined, the doorman. No, oh, I saw your assistant was here. I was like, whoa, whoa, don't call for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, She's an assistant. So there is some of that shit that you still have to put up with, but eventually everyone knows who you are, and then the respect comes, and then you just—it's success. Got it. Okay. Um, I, I think that's an interesting standpoint from, you know, the, maybe the differentiator between uh, residential and commercial is commercial that is, it's, it's I mean, very it really much is. a you macho out from down the street. That guy's not, that guy's in commercial real estate. I can, I it's mean, you get old, good at it. Old school boys they club, look, huh? Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. They look, they, they just all kind of look the same. Uh, final question. What do I have to do to be able to drive a, uh, a, a Mercedes by turbo? I, uh, I, see, I scaled that one down. Oh, you did? After, with, <laughs> with, uh, with COVID and all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Maybe I don't need 400 horsepower that I don't drive. <laughs> so okay. I scaled it down to a nice polar white C300. Okay. Minor modifications to the look of it. Gotcha. It's a pretty car. Okay. It doesn't go so fast. doesn't make the noise anymore. Maybe I'm growing up. Maybe you're growing up. Maybe you'll switch once COVID uh, is completely gone in a couple but, years. But, and... Yeah, man. That AMG, that was fun. Oh, yeah, but, I know. You know yeah. Again, it's, uh, I guess I'm getting old. <laughs> right? Dave Graff, I... I the right lane who's like, pass me, hurry up. Dave Graff, I truly appreciate your time. Thanks. We are right over time at 63 minutes. Thank you so much, David Graff. Please follow David Graff at the Graff team. Slide into his DM, ask him any uh, commercial questions that you may have here in New York City. Thank you, David Graff. I appreciate your time. And again, thank you for listening to the Real Talk Podcast.